You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with uh, with Jeff Gackle uh, from Carolina Pool Management. Now, this is not going to be a typical summer for sure. Uh, you know, we've had over over two months of stay-at-home orders, um, definitely making us eager to get out in the sunshine, fresh air. Uh, in the summer, that means pools. You know, people love to go swimming. I love swimming. I know everyone loves to get to get in a pool during the summer. But the logistics of pool openings this year are a little more complicated than years past. Luckily, we have an expert with us today here on the Brand Butters Podcast to talk all about that. Uh, Jeff is well known in our swimming community as the former swim mat coach who ran the Ultra Swim swim meet year uh, after year here in Uptown uh, and brought in Olympians like Michael Phelps uh, and all of his international counterparts. Uh, he also is the founder and president of Carolina Pool Management, which runs over 160 pools in the Charlotte area, including its first owned and operated pool, at Star Claire Recreational Club, which reopens with a whole new facility this year. Uh, and I've seen that it. it's beautiful. Um, and so we're here to talk a little bit about pools. I'm really excited. We actually just had Terry Fritz on uh, a couple of, of months ago from Swim Mac to get updated there. And we've been lucky enough to actually work on a lot of the projects around the, the Ultra Swim and work with Swim Mac. So it's been great. Uh, and we're really excited to learn more about Carolina Pool Management. What are we going to be looking at this summer? And, uh, and it should be interesting. So thank you, uh, Jeff, and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And boy, I'm honored to be on an award-winning podcast. <laughs> two-time, <laughs> two-time award-winning. We, we, I, we, we should have said that. No, it, it's, yeah. uh, it's an honor to have you. Honestly, this podcast has just started to be able to tell the brands and the stories of this amazing community. Uh, and it's people like you that make those stories easy to tell. So thank you. And we're, we're welcome to have you. And I'm ready to dive into this. Yeah, Jeff, well, thank you. It. No pun intended. <laughs> thank you for joining us, buddy. So you, you've been a swimmer at all levels and a coach, too, before your Carolina pool management. Tell us a little bit about how you got into swimming and how you grew into the sport uh, and to where you are today. I know that's a lot, but let's start with that. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, we've got 30 minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, interestingly enough, because I, I mentioned this uh, when I go and visit some of our lifeguard training classes, is that. When my mom made me take lifeguard training back when I was 15 years old, and I'm 62 now, so that was a long time ago, you know, I was not real excited about it. And then she made me teach swim lessons in my backyard. And never did I think that that would turn into a lifelong career. You know, I ended up being a swimmer at Michigan State, became a coach because I didn't know what else to do, and moved to Charlotte because there was a head coaching opportunity back in 1981. Uh, was in the right place at the right time in the right community. And we were able to, to really do some exciting things with Mac, uh, which is now Swim Mac. And, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to, to partner with a lot of really good, influential community members, but also knowledgeable professionals that have helped me grow individually. In um, 91, I decided that, uh, well, first of all, I have four children and I was on a meager, meager coaching salary at the time and decided I needed to venture off into other things to make a living and uh, be able to afford these four kids and my wife <laughs> and um, didn't know what I was going to do. thought I was going to be a sports marketing guy. You know, I was good friends with Max Mullman and, you know, Mullman Marketing and that gang and 
thought I was going to, you know, hop on their bandwagon and run. But uh, fortunately, some other swim coaches down in Atlanta talked me into starting a pool management company. And little did I know uh, in 1994, when we opened this business, that uh, I'd be doing it, whatever it is, 26, 27 years later, and, you know, it it would become what it is today. Um, So, you know, in a a quick synopsis, you know, I went from uh, being a high school lifeguard to running, um, you know, one of the largest privately owned pool management companies in the country, you know, the pool management group. So I'm interested, you know, you've obviously been in water your, your whole life um, and now you you get to support a lot of these different, you know, commercial pools. Tell us a little bit about Carolina Pool Management. Um, what what exactly is not only the mission of the organization, but how do you support our community and how do you make it safe for people uh, to be able to go swimming and, and, and clearly a lot of pools uh, in and around our community? Right. Yeah, there, there are more commercial pools in Charlotte than you could even begin to imagine, um, you know, and, and our, our forte is the HOAs, the community pools, the country club pools, the private membership pools. We don't do anything with residential pools, but the bulk of our business is focused around staffing the facilities and operating the facilities, um, maintaining them on a year round basis. But, you know, our real expertise is in staffing the lifeguards, training the lifeguards, supervising the lifeguards, making sure that they're doing their jobs and providing, you know, a, a safe, clean, healthy, fun swimming environment for, you know, Charlotteans and, and uh, you know, folks in Cabarrus County and down into South Carolina. And so the whole Charlotte area is, is our um, target group for Carolina Pool Management. We are a part of what's called the pool management group, of which I'm one of one of three owners, and we are in 16 cities around the country that that do the same thing. And you know, this business business model has matured, you know, since we started back in 90, 1994. You know, from running a couple pools to now we're running probably somewhere in the vicinity of about 1,200 commercial swim clubs around the country. Wow, that's a lot of water. That it is a lot of water. Um, at one point. Oh my gosh. A couple of years ago, I calculated how many gallons of water we were treating and it was a hundred and something million gallons of water in Charlotte, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Basically. So we got Lake Norman. You're just taking care of that basically. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> that's yeah, wild. Inland Lake Norman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that's, I'm, I'm interested. So I, I grew up in Atlanta. Uh, we had a really nice, uh, community pool, which I, I loved. And, and I was always curious, like I wasn't a lifeguard. I was a swim coach on our swim team. Uh, I didn't know that's, where the lifeguards came from. I didn't know that, that that's kind of how that works. So if we had a, if there's teenagers out here that want to become a lifeguard in the summer, do they just contact you? How exactly does that all work? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and this is a wonderful first time job. And interestingly enough, now we've been doing it long enough where I have children working for us whose parents work for me, which really makes me feel old. Um, (laughs) that's pretty cool. I mean, that's full circle right there. Well, you know, last summer, um, I walked up to a guard chair, introduced myself to the guard and, and, uh, she said, you know, my mom used to work for you. And I was like, Oh boy, (laughs) (laughs) it might be time to retire, but no, it is very rewarding. Um, you know, my, my whole career has been focused around coaching and what we do now is no different. You know, we're, um, taking young people, most of them, many of them, it's their very first job. And it's an extremely demanding and responsible job in the regard that, you know, people's 
lives, you know, are in your hands. And we have 15, 16, all the way up to 65-year-old lifeguards. So, you know, there's a whole array of them. But for a young person to sit in a lifeguard chair and take the responsibility of watching that water, enforcing the rules, dealing with patrons, you know, you know, it could be the, you know, a VP of uh, Bank of America and they're breaking the rules and you got a 16-year-old lifeguard, you know, trying to, you know, guide them in a positive direction. So it's a wonderful opportunity for these young people to grow. Um, you know, and, and the other thing that is interesting for us is that um, back in the recession in 2007, 2008, we had no problem hiring people. And then as the economy improved, it got tougher and tougher and tougher. And this last year, it just been awful trying to hire young people to be lifeguards. And there's some roadblocks that are there. One is you've got to be, you know, um, have a pretty good attitude about work and wanting to, you know, do some additional things to get this job. You have to, to take a lifeguard training course. We have a lot of trainings that go on after they become a certified lifeguard. Um, got to purchase the uniform. And these were a bunch of negatives that were working against us. And so this past year we decided, okay, well, we're going to start offering free lifeguarding courses where it used to cost $250. Now all they have to pay for is their certification, which is I think $50. Um, steeply discounted uniforms have been been very aggressive in getting out there and, and promoting, you know, you know, the fact that this is a great foundational job. It's a great starting point that's going to, you know, help you develop as a young person. Um, now, since all of this has come crashing down with the COVID virus and, and the challenges we have with that, we have plenty of people hired. We have all kinds of guards hired. Our challenge is that the pools have been closed and we haven't been able to certify them. And so that is, you know, the current challenge. And I would like to talk, talk about, you know, getting the pools open and, you know, getting water splashing out these pools. But so all tied together, there's a there's a lot of layers to what's going on with these um, guards. And our effort at the moment is to run, you know, as many lifeguard training classes as we can because the pools are slowly starting to open up. And before we can fully staff these pools, we got to get the guards certified. Um, as as well as trained on how, you know, they're going to maintain these facilities. Um, but yes, we are still looking for employees, young and old, um, young and medium, you know, just uh, good workers, good attitude. And, uh, you know, the Car Carolina Pool Management Group website, um, you know, is the place to go and, and sign up. So I guess you have folks in each state that you operate in that are understanding the current guidelines that seem to change every day. Right. And there's phases to this thing. How in the world are you keeping up with all of that <laughs> and to training and, and staying ahead of that? Because there's additional layers of training now, like, hey, you got to make sure these people are six feet apart and yada, yada, yada. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It is uh, a logistical nightmare. Um, spring is always a really, really tough time in our business, you know, as it is, because you go from everything being closed to everything being open over a period of about six weeks. Um, you have health department inspections you have to adhere to. And so we were delayed because when all this came crashing down in March is right when we're starting to get going. And all of a sudden, you know, we have this stay at home order with no definition to it. And fortunately, we were deemed, you know, a few weeks into it as an essential service because the pools couldn't just be left to, to go, you know, green. And so we were able to start doing some of our opening, you know, procedures and plans. And, you know, my, my staff has been, 
you know, just busting their tails out at the pools, getting these things ready. And our HR staff is, is working, you know, miracles, um, communicating with the guards, you know, laying out the new protocols, establishing, you know, big group Zoom meetings, you know, with, uh, you know, for the on, on-site trainings, which, you know, we used to always do face-to-face. And, you know, with each week, we learn a little bit more. South Carolina has been way more um, forthcoming with specific, uh, the specifics of what we need to do to operate the pools. Um, you know, they are dubbed to be able to open on the 18th. Uh, the reality is most of them won't open on the 18th because there's a lot of things that have to go on. You know, there has to be a social distancing plan that the community has to put together. Um, lifeguards still need to be trained, um, not only, you know, with the American Red Cross training, but, you know, with, you know, the procedures, you know, of, of cleaning the high touch points. But the truth, the truth of this whole thing is that swimming pools are a safe place to be. You know, they're chlorinated, they're filtered, the water is safe. The challenge is the touch points outside on the pool deck. And so we're, you know, we're making recommendations to customers that they really try to restrict, you know, the numbers of opportunities. For example, the, the furniture, the pool furniture, you know, that you go to some of these pools and there's hundreds of chaise lounges and tables and, you know, chairs. And there is no chance that all that stuff can get cleaned appropriately um, on a daily basis. And so we're suggesting that, you know, you, you bring your own chair. You know, everybody brings their own chair if they want a chair at the pool and they take it home when they leave. Um, the club's chairs need to be locked up. Um, we're, the way people will stay safe at pools is by taking personal responsibility. You know, if they're going to go up to the gate, you know, open the gate with a little hand wipe in your hand and wipe it off. You know, watch out for yourself, but also leave, you know, leave the gate in a good position for the next person that comes by. And, you know, so it's those little details, you know, that we're, we're mucking through. Now, South Carolina has given us details, you know, relative to the, the numbers of people that can be on the pool deck and, and their formula. Um, they have a, a, a dual level formula, but really the, the one that will work is five patrons per thousand square feet. So for every thousand square feet within the fenced area, which includes the pool deck and the swimming pool, five patrons can go in. And many of these pools, you know, that, that we're operating are somewhere in the 5,000 to 10,000 square foot, um, you know, footprints. Some of the smaller, you know, tinier condo associations have a much smaller footprint. But, you know, so let's say it's a yeah, 3,000 square foot deck and pool. You know, so you divide that by 1,000. So it's three times five. So 15 people can be in that facility. Now, the challenge is who's going to monitor that. I was going to say, is it the lifeguard's duty or do you have to hire additional staff or? Well, and those are things this? are being worked out, right. you know, with the HOAs and the, and the clubs. And um, we run 160 commercial pools in Charlotte. There are five different companies that do what we do. Um, and then there's a lot of places that just do their own thing. Um, but so of the 160, 80 of our facilities are staffed, 80 of them are not staffed. And we just go do a morning cleaning. And so, you know, it's a bit of a mystery how that's going to get managed. You know, um, as far as the staff pools go, you know, we're being very clear with the customers that, that there's dual responsibility here. The guards have got to keep their focus on water safety and lifeguarding the pool. They can't be COVID cops. You know, they cannot, you know, monitor you know, how many people are in the facility and all that, unless they have an exceptionally big staff and there's somebody staffed at the gate at all times. So each club is an individual 
situation and which makes it more challenging. You know, we've got, you know, basic guidelines that that we need to follow and that they need to follow, but the details are still being worked out. Um, I'm interested. So I have a, a two year old and another one on the way. Um, you know, water safety is super important to me. And, and that that you just brought up something that seems like a massive risk. If you have lifeguards that are trying to be covid cops and make sure that everybody's playing by the rules, that's going to take their attention away from water, which could lead to even worse of a disaster um, at that pool. What are the statistics around drowning specifically in young children? And what would be your number one advice to parents that have young children that are going to a community pool on making sure that 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 uh, unfortunate circumstance never happens to you? Right. That, that, that's a great question. And it's a real touch point for me. Um, you know, as, as society has evolved, we've become very distracted and we're distracted by our iPads. We're distracted by our cell phones. We're distracted by taking work home with us, taking work to the pool with us. And I am the worst of the worst with that. Um, bottom line is you need to focus on your kids. If you go to the swimming pool as a parent with children and, and my wife and I, um, had four children. And when we went to the pool, we were 100% on them because, and they were pools I ran and I had the lifeguards, but I'm fully aware of the ability of a lifeguard to see everything at, you know, at all times. And that is just not possible. Lifeguards are another layer of protection. The first layer of protection is parental supervision. And, I, the, our organization and I personally preach flotation devices for all non-swimming children anytime they're within the pool fence area. And that averts disaster like nothing else. So if you get in a life jacket, you have your child in a life jacket, anytime you're in the pool area, you know, it really reduced the potential for there to be a problem. Leave your phone, leave your iPad, leave your book, leave that stuff in the car and pay attention to your kids. Enjoy being at the pool with your children and focus on them and having fun. Um, swimming lessons. You know, it's important for children to learn how to swim. Um, I don't have, you know, an absolute statistic on how many children, you know, drown each year. You know, how many teenagers or adults. You know, it is my belief that most drownings are a byproduct of something else happening. Um, a health issue, an accident, somebody slips and falls. But, you know, like with seniors, when there's a drowning, it's typically they had a heart attack and they were in the pool and, you know, they swallowed some water. If they had a heart attack on the pool deck, there's a better chance they would have lived. Um, if you have a seizure in the pool, you know, that could lead to drowning, but it was a seizure that started the whole thing. And so um, too many people drown you know, every year, there's too many pool accidents every year. Uh, the lifeguards are there to um, provide a layer of protection, watch the water, enforce the rules and um, address emergencies as they arise. But to, to believe that they are going to see every single thing that happens is unrealistic. And so, you know, I, I think it's important to preach and to support, you know, a community effort on keeping your, your facility safe. And, you know, I've kind of been amazed with the way society has uh, grasped this COVA personal responsibility thing. I think for the most part, people are very respectful of others and are trying to be very careful with it. And um, I think that's something we need to carry into all aspects of our life moving forward, you know, is that, you know, we take care of ourselves and don't expect others to take care of us. And, uh, 
you know, when the others are there to, to provide layers of support, that's great. But the bottom line is we have to be personally responsible, you know, for our actions, where we are, what we surround ourselves with. So. Sure. I, I love that. The, I, you mentioned something, attention span, and, and I want to jump into this quick, and then I want to go into Will Pools open in Charlotte. I know a lot of people are going to be be excited to hear that answer. Um, but but the attention span, so there's been studies that the attention span of the human, specifically Americans, has completely dropped over the last five to 10 years. Used to be up in the 14 to 15 second range. Now it's below seven seconds. We actually have a less attention span than a butterf- or a, a bumblebee. Um, if, if you can put that into perspective, how has that changed how you train lifeguards? Because if you look at kids, they are addicted to technology. They are addicted to their phones. I know that a lifeguard can't have a phone, but it's very easy to be distracted. And is that almost kind of like another layer that you have to go through that, that maybe 10, 15 years ago, you didn't have to worry about? You know, that this is a wonderful question. And ironically, we built our lifeguarding program, which is called the, the five minute guarding strategy around um, studies that were done during World War II of Canadian air traffic controllers sitting there watching, you know, the, the air traffic screen, how long their attention span was and how long it took until things were getting by them. Well, you know, if you think about it, it's not a whole lot different than a lifeguard sitting in a guard chair. Okay, so they're in a guard chair and they have a zone to watch and they have a, a scanning strategy to follow and, you know, a constant sweep and, you know, different different scanning patterns. But how long do they really stay focused before they zone out? And ironically, uh, well, we work with a, a, a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Tom Griffiths. And Tom is one of the leading um, safety experts relative to water safety and lifeguarding. And I know he'd love to come on your show at some point and talk about this. But Tom is uh, from Penn State University and did a lot of studies. And he helped us develop at the pool management group. And, and we're the founding company with him. And this strategy is used all over the place now, the five-minute lifeguarding strategy. And the whole purpose of it is to keep people focused on what they're supposed to do. And so we have our guards sit in the guard chair for five minutes doing their scanning strategy. And then they're to stand up and stand in front of their guard chair or stand on the platform, depending on the type of chair, for five minutes and scan. And just that body movement helps, you know, snap them back into, you know, another five minutes. And then we have five minutes of scrolling. So it's sit, stand and scroll in five minute increments and that ends up with a 15 minute cycle and many times you know our pool our guards are rotating in 15 minute increments to 30 minute increments and so forth so it keeps them active and it also helps patrons see you know that they're actually you know there and doing something and moving it you know when you're sitting in in charlotte north carolina in a guard chair uh on july 28th and it's 100 degrees and the humidity's you know 98 percent um, I mean, it is difficult. And so, you know, this, this made a huge difference. And we've been doing this for quite a few years, but your question was around, you know, the distractions from the cell phones and, and all that. Yeah, that's a big problem. Um, they are not allowed to have their phones, you know, with them in the guard chair. And, you know, for years and years, we were like, you have to leave your phones in the car. Well, now all of our technology with them, the way they clock in, they clock out, they do the scheduling is on their, you know, iPhone or whatever it is. So they are allowed to have their phones, you know, in the guard room, you know, to use for business purposes. And I 
would be naive in saying that that's the only thing that they do on them is business purposes. But, you know, they are reprimanded if they're seen on their phone while they're on duty. Um, this is a, a societal problem. I mean, you go into restaurants and you look at, at the people at tables, they're not looking at each other. They're all looking at their phones. If you go out on the street, they're not looking where they're walking. They're looking at their phones. And in fact, you know, uh, before everything was shut down, I was going to, to church with my wife and the police officers directing traffic while he's looking at his iPhone, <laughs> Jeez. you know? Yeah. And so it's not just young teenagers that have a problem with this. I mean, society as a whole. And uh, it's that's a scary thing. But we we preach hard about, you know, the importance of being focused, you know, on the pool, focused on safety, identifying your high risk patron. You know, when when a guard's in a chair, I am always, you know, saying, OK, who's the high risk? If I go up to visit with them, you know, I'm standing behind them. I say, don't look at me. You know, don't show me respect. I want you to show me respect by watching the water and you know staying on your job. But who are your high risk patrons here? You know, maybe it's that senior that's climbing down the ladder. You know, it looks like they can barely get in the pool. You know, maybe it's the little kid that's the wall hugger. You know, he's kind of going down the wall, holding on the wall. Well, watch that kid because he's going to end up off of that wall and you're going to have to move quick. Or it's the mom who's got three kids in her arms and then turns her back and is not watching, you know, the other. So, you know, identify those high risk patrons and be proactive in in how you're lifeguarding and you'll greatly reduce the numbers of times that, that you know, you're having to make a save. You know, I had um, when I was a kid um, growing up, I, I went off the high dive probably way earlier than I needed to landed right on my back, got knocked out um, and had to get saved by a lifeguard. And I was uh, on the swim team at that time. I could hold my breath for forever. I was invincible. Um, but I remember waking up literally on the deck and and I didn't have to get, you know, mouth to mouth or anything like that. They, they it was everything was fine. But I'll never forget that lifeguard. And it could have been a way worse situation if that lifeguard wasn't there. Um, what, how many times a year do your lifeguards have to actually go into action and, and actually enter the well, water? You know, I would say that every day it's happening. Okay. But, and the guards don't even realize it's a save, but anytime they, you know, they see a child that got a little bit too far out and they, they reach in there with their hands and say, Hey honey, come on back to the wall. They made a difference in that child's life. They made a difference in that family's life. You know, because that child where they're just got a little bit too deep in the water and the guard reached out and, you know, walked them back to the side. No big deal. But it could have been a really big deal in a negative way if they weren't paying attention and engaged and, and doing that. And, you know, we have saves every year. We didn't have any 911 activations last year, you know, which was great. But, you know, around the country, I'm sure we did. I don't know the statistics of all of our you know cities relative to that. But. Um, it happens. And, you know, I would say that on a daily basis, our guards are making a difference every single day in people's lives and they don't even realize it. And, you know, the other thing that, that is important to me is that the guards understand that they're making a difference in these little guys' lives by the little things they do, acknowledging them, knowing their names, showing a little bit of interest in them. And, you know, I always say, you know, think back when you were the little kid at the pool and you walk in and you see the big lifeguard, you know, and they don't see themselves in that light. So we really try to help them understand, you know, that they're role models and they're looked up to and they're not. And it's not just the little kids that look up to them. It's the parents. You know, the parents, for the most part, show respect, you know, to a lifeguard in uniform. Not all, but, uh, you know, most of them do. 
Definitely. I, I mean, I remember when I would be at a pool and my mom might say, hey, stop running. And I'd be like, ah, whatever. But the <laughs> lifeguard said it. It was like, OK, all right. All right. And like you had that respect. Um, right. And I mean, sorry, mom, I, <laughs> I love you to death. <laughs> she's like, third party she's like, he still doesn't listen. Um, but yeah. no. So yeah. uh, I, thank you for that. That's amazing. And, and that might have just been a personal question. I, I know lifeguards played a huge role in my life. I, I loved um, being at the pool all the time. And it was it was great. Well, you know, when you there. when you were talking about, you know, going off the high dive and landing on your back. It can't. I, I just think instantly of that summer movie. Um, what was the baseball movie with the Sandlot? Yeah, yeah. San, San oh Lot. yeah. Me too. I think about that too. I didn't go for the kiss though. I didn't go for the kiss. It was a girl though, and, and I'll never forget her. Um, you did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Who am I? Who am I kidding? I was I was in there for the real deal. But no. Um. Yeah, and, and it is funny. I think about that all the time. But it was very similar to that. I, I just kind of woke up yeah. on the on the deck, and and I was fine. Everything was fine. But if I if a lifeguard wasn't there or or people were distracted, you know, I could have been under the water you know, a couple more seconds and things could have been a lot different. Um, so oh, yeah, it's absolutely, it's wild. Not a doubt. So before we kind of get out of here, I know people are, are interested, you know, our pool is going to open up. What, what are we looking at? You guys have done an amazing, um, COVID-19 study on your website that we'll, uh, we'll share or the pool management group.com slash research detail pools can open safely. Tell us what are your thoughts on that? Are we going to be able to swim this year in Charlotte? Right. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's been a tough spring. Um, everybody cooped up and and everyone's ready to go. And all indications are that we are going to be open in pools. You know, South Carolina's given a date. North Carolina's given a date. We're still working on the details. We're still working on the plans. But I think the bottom line is we will be at the pools and we will be swimming and having fun. In fact, you know, this past year, we became the owners of Star Claire Swim Club, you know, in the Star Mount community. And we were just, you know, super excited about what was going to happen this spring, you know, and, and get this pool opened up and um, just be all kinds of members, you know, coming in and out of this place. And then wham, you know, we get shut down. Fortunately, being an essential service, we've been able to continue the construction. And so we are building one bang up um, membership only swim club, you know, in the Star Mount community. And uh, it's called Star Claire Recreation Club. And it is going to be one of the nicest swim clubs in Charlotte. And we're going to get the tennis going again. And uh, it's 12 of the most beautiful acres you could you could ever imagine right down on Little Sugar Creek. We've got a greenway access being built into it. So it's just a, a wonderful family environment. And we're accepting memberships and we need members. You know, we truly need members. And people can find out, you know, uh, more about us, you know, at StarClaire.com, our website. But um, we are going to be plastering our pool on Sunday. And so we're going to have water going into it on Monday. And uh, I know all the, the current members have been looking at me saying, Jeff, there is no chance you're going to get this done. <laughs> Congratulations. It, yeah. it That's is, awesome. Uh, we are very close. Uh, we've got a brand new paver deck around the whole thing. We've got, you know, a whole new pool built and finishing out the you know, the pool house and the palm tree lounge. And it's going to be a fun place. We'd love to have you guys come down and, and hang out with us. And, uh, you know, we're going to actually uh, have some adult morning lap swimming going on. That might be a good thing for you to do. Very cool. So that's right over near the Madison Park neighborhood as well, like well, South yeah. Charlotte area, correct? Yeah, exactly. It's in, in the Star Clare community, which, uh, you know, butts up to Montclair, and then you got Madison Park and Sedgefield and you're up into the South End. And 
it's the only swim club on that side of Sugar Creek. And uh, with the way those neighborhoods are changing, man, I mean, they are, those houses are flipping, you know, like you can't even begin to believe. So we're confident we're going to sell the membership out quickly. Um, you know, we've got a, a base initiation fee of $1,500, you know, can be split over two years. And then, you know, for a family, it's 650 a year. And, you know, we're going to open in the next few weeks. You know, we're a little bit delayed because of the COVID stuff. But, uh, you know, our intent is for this to be a recreation club that can be used on a year-round basis. We're not going to have swimming year-round, but we have the Palm Tree Lounge with a 72-inch TV and, you know, a lot of activities and events. So Awesome. I love it. I'm on the website right now. I've actually had a couple of friends that have been posting uh, pictures of this. And, and if we're not mistaken, this was the first pool that you ever owned. It is. Uh, and it's actually one of the oldest swim clubs in Charlotte, you know, 1961. And nothing had been done to it since then. So <laughs> it was, it's really been a project. Uh, you know, I'm a pool contractor now and renovation has become a big part of Carolina pool management's business. And we've had three major projects this year, Star Claire being one, which we own and operate. But the Mountain Brook community has got a beautiful new facility gorgeous. Uh, and that is completely done. And then Cabarrus Country Club, we just completely renovated that facility as well. And all three, you know, are accepting memberships. I cruised uh, through the Mountain Brooklyn last night, just randomly. I was just out for a drive trying to get some fresh air. And I noticed uh, our buddies over at Roby Commercial were doing the construction on that. Is that right? Are we talking yes, about the same absolutely. pool? So, yep. so Matt Young is a great buddy of ours, and he's been on our podcast as well. And uh, the world gets smaller. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. No, Roby was great to work with. They had us do the pool, you know, pool aspect of it. And um, yeah, it's a really nice setup. Did you go up and look at the, the facility? I just sort of drove through and cruised through. There were ropes sort of tying it off. So I didn't want to get out of the car and, and, and poke yeah. around, but it looked really cool. That's a that's a really neat area in there. Well, I'd be happy to send you uh, some of my, uh, I'm not sure what you call them. I do my little video shots around the pool, you know, in the progress. But uh, Please do. I'd yeah, love to see it. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, I'll share that story with Matt over there at Roby Commercial as well. Yeah, great. Great. Yes, sir. Yes, well, sir. Well, you know, Jeff, um, what is the, the best uh, way, if there are, you know, communities, HOAs that are interested in your services, interested in learning what you can do for them, what's the best way for people to uh, get in touch with you and, uh, and, and to, to get in contact with your organization? Uh, hold on a second here. Where's my card, Aaron? You know, as many years as I've had this thing, I don't even know what our... <laughs> Our darn website is, but the Carolina. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we put you on the uh, spot, yeah, we, man. <laughs> all right, let's see here. Uh, the Carolina Pool Management website is uh, charlotte-pmg.com. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Charlotte-pmg.com, and that's Carolina Pool Management. And then um, it's starclair.com for the uh, Starclair Recreation Facility. I love it. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining us. If you are listening, please like, share, comment. We are excited um, for pool season. And Jeff, it's it's great that our community has an organization and a leader like you taking care of our pools, making it as safe as possible, because I can't imagine a summer without pools. And uh, it's really 
uh, good to hear somebody that that understands the information. You're taking care of us. You're, you're working with the health officials and you're going to make this as safe as possible for all of our families. Uh, thank you so much for that. In addition to what you've already done to keep our family safe with all of the lifeguards and, and implementing you know new procedures to, to make sure people are, are paying attention. I really do appreciate that. And I, and I appreciate your advice. We all have to look out for each other. But at the same time, worry about yourself when you're going around. If you're taking care of yourself and, and you're wiping things down and you're being considerate to others, then this is going to be a, a safe summer and one that we can all have a lot of fun with our families at the pool. So, Jeff, thank you so much for, for joining us on the Brand Builders podcast. Okay. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, Jeff. It. See ya. See y'all. You've been listening to the Brand Builders podcast brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.